the SBI show. Hello, everybody. I'm Ivis Kalarsep. And the round of 16 of the World Cup is about to kick off. After what has been one of the craziest group stages in the history of the tournament. I mean, talk about roller coaster ride after roller coaster ride. And I got to say, I'm sure for U.S. fans, it's been a fun few days because... You know, the U.S. clinched their spot in the round of 16, and they've just been able to sit back and enjoy the craziness of these past few days. But now, it's time to get serious. The U.S. national team takes on the Netherlands, the first knockout route match of the World Cup. And that's on Saturday morning, for those of you in the United States. As you know, I'm coming to you from Qatar, and it's Friday night here, getting this episode ready for you. And uh, there's so much to get into here uh, with this match just around the corner. And, you know, I wanted to try to get the episode up as quickly as possible. And first thing I want to do is apologize to those of you listening now who listened to the last episode. We had some issues. My fault. I uploaded the wrong file, the wrong version of the previous episode, 361. I uploaded a raw version, which didn't have all the interview clips in it. It wasn't edited thoroughly. It was pretty much the raw recording of the episode. So usually I, you know, I do the raw recording, I record it, and then I plug in the interviews that, I, that I'm able to get and, and, the, and the sound bites and what have you in there. And uh, so when I went to, you know, to post it, I grabbed the wrong file. That's completely on me. I, I was able to to swap in the correct one. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it loaded immediately to Spotify. It did, it did upload instantly to Apple, to the Apple podcast app and SoundCloud. Both of those up, uh, updated immediately. And for whatever reason, Spotify, I think it takes longer. So apologize to those of you who listen on Spotify. Uh, if you if you listen to the, re- the, the previous episode and you're kind of sitting there wondering what is going on, what are these pauses about, where are all these interviews that I was promised, that's what happened. So again, apologies for that. Um, that's on me. And if you haven't listened to the, the episode with the interviews, then I would say try to track it down if you want. I mean, there's some good stuff in there for sure coming off of the Iran match, Iran match. Uh, it's a little old now, obviously, we're, we're already ready to talk about the next match, which will be Saturday morning. So we'll, you know, for any anyone who wants to go back and listen to it, feel free. But I'll make sure that I get the right episode uploaded this time around. And there's so much to get into. First, the first news hot off the presses, U.S. Uh, US soccer announced that Christian Pulisic has been cleared to play. He's good to go. His uh, pelvic contusion apparently is, is healed enough so that he's available to play. Now, does that mean he's available to start? Does that mean he's fit enough that he's able to go? Listen, there's no way he's not going to start. If I mean, you would think, right? It, it, like if you're if you're Pulisic, you'll play with some pain, but you have to play in this game. And you know, as much as you know whether whether or not he was able to train fully, obviously we don't get to see training, so we don't know if he trained fully or not. But you know, the sense you get just from hearing him talk and he spoke to the media on Thursday. I mean, he sound, I mean, his his exact words were he's going to do everything in his power to make sure he's he plays. So he, he'll be there. He'll be in the lineup. I think that's a safe bet. We'll get into the starting lineup or the projected starting lineup uh, in a little bit. The other news item, Josh Sargent is still day to day. So he's still dealing with some issues. The ankle injury that he suffered against Iran and you know, anyone who saw the replay, it looked like he it looked like it would be a knee issue, but it turned, you know, apparently the injury is an ankle injury. He's day to day. So you have to wonder if he's going to start, if he's not 100 percent and it doesn't sound like he's 100 percent. So definitely something to keep an eye on. And obviously you're talking about a very difficult matchup 
against the Netherlands. And the, the Dutch, they're one of the favorites. They're one of the top teams in this tournament. And they showed it in the group stage. They, you know, they played well in the group stage. They have their quality all over the field, whether it's Cody Gakpo up top, whether it's Frank de Jong in the midfield, uh, Coop Miners in the midfield, Denzel Dumfries on the wing, uh, Virgil van Dijk, the tower of power at center back. They have you, you, you name it, they have it. Um, and so as a squad, they're, they're, they're such a handful and it's going to, but it's, it's still in this world cup. If we've learned anything in this world cup, that is that you can't take anything for granted matchups. Uh, you know, if, if a team plays well, a team can beat a, a higher rated team and we've seen it throughout the tournament. So, you know, you'd like to think the U S have a chance. Uh, and if you listen to Louis van Hall, the, the Dutch manager, he, he had a lot of praise for the U S men's national team in his press conference. And, you know, he likes what he saw. He, he admitted that he hadn't really seen much from this U S team. He hadn't, he hadn't been able to watch the U S team before the world cup. And obviously now he's watched them. He's been able to scout them. And, and now he's, you know, he's pretty much like, yeah, this team is legit. And, um, he also gave Greg Berhalter some, some credit. You know, I, I actually asked Van Hal, you know, straight up, like, you know, now that you've seen this team, what do you think of how they play? What impresses you the most? And, and, you know, and I also pointed out, <clears throat> I also pointed out to Van Hal the fact that Berhalter, you know, the, the U S coaches is, is, has been criticized quite a bit, even though the team is getting results. Um, and, and he, he got a, he got a chuckle out of that. Uh, cause he knows what that's like. Um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, Louis van Hall, I, I don't know if he's ever even lost a match in his current stint as Dutch manager yet. He still gets all sorts of flack. And I think that's just how it is in the Netherlands because obviously they love their soccer. They love their football and their fans are highly critical and nothing wrong with that as i said last episode nothing wrong with that but you know when you're the u.s right now and this u.s team is doing so well you would think you know more fans would just stop and smell the roses and enjoy it but i tell you what it was impressive to hear louis van hall have a lot of praise for the u.s team and 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 talk about how he how impressed he has been from what he's seen in terms of the vision of of the of the game plan and the commitment of the team and you know, Louis Van Hall does he gives zero F's just to be clear. He's at a point in his life where he is honest to uh, you know, you almost want to say honest to a fault, right? He does not mind speaking his mind. So if he if he says it, he means it. So he's not just talking to talk, he's not just praising to be nice. If he if he tells you your team is good, he believes your team is good. Because if he thought they were trash, he would tell you they're trash. And that's just how he is. I mean, even even with his own players, he's like, he's brutally honest. So it was it was it was great to hear him have the praise that he had for this US team. And I tell you right now, that Dutch team, as much as they're the favorites, they respect this US team. And it, so from that standpoint, they're not going to overlook this U.S. team and they're they're going to be a handful for this for the Americans to deal with. Now, obviously, one of the big storylines in this matchup is Serginho Dest. Uh, and for those who I think anyone listening to the SBI show knows the story, but I'll re- I'll rehash it anyway. He was born and raised in, Nether- in the Netherlands, but he wasn't really in the, the Dutch national team set up. Not in the youth national team setup, wasn't that highly rated a prospect. However, U.S. soccer, you know, got wind of the fact that, yes, this young, talented player in the IAC system was eligible to play for the United States. His father uh, is from New York. His mother's Dutch. Obviously, he grew born and raised in the Netherlands. And he, you know, he's played for the U.S. uh, all the way from U-17s up to U-20s. 
And he, you know, he, he blossomed at Ajax and then the Dutch team came calling and he had to make a decision. He made the, he, and he made his decision. He chose the United States, even though he could have played or he could have at the time chosen to play for the Netherlands. And it's just crazy, right? It had to be that after he makes that decision, what do you know? A couple years later, you're in the World Cup and now he's facing the Netherlands. And so that's that's going to be something, right? I mean, he's going up against a lot of guys he knows. He said he knows all the guys on the team there. Obviously, you know, whether it's players he grew up with, uh, players he played at Ajax with, uh, even Daily uh, Blind, uh, uh, Ajax, you know, veteran uh, former teammate of Dest uh, was asked about Dest, and you know he he obviously knows Sergio Dest well, and and they're actually going to see quite a bit of each other on that side of the field. That's going to be it's actually one of the matchups to watch that I, I broke down in in a video piece for SBI that you know you should definitely check out. But uh, Sergio Dest, on top of the fact that you know the storyline of the Netherlands and Dest and him making that decision, he's actually had a great World Cup. He's been one of the U.S. team's most in influential players and and he's gotten better as the tournament has gone on and obviously he had the game-winning assist against iran great game against england uh his first game against wales it was it was okay but it could have been better right it wasn't a great game from him but you could tell as the tournament has gone on he has continued to step his game up and greg berhalter definitely had praise not only for his his play in this world cup but also just for the journey that he's taken from the you know youth ranks at ajax to now playing in a world cup Serginho, it's not surprising to see that when you're a club like ajax there's a lot of attention on you especially as a young player and it's a very good um, club to develop players. So he did really well with Ajax. He went on to Barcelona. Uh, you know, there was ups and downs there, but he battled his way um, through it. And now he's at AC Milan, you know, three top clubs in, in three years succession. So he, he's doing a great job. I think most importantly, what I've seen from Serginho in this World Cup in particular is just him take it to another level with his, with his mindset and his mentality. Um, he's been fantastic for us this, this um, camp. I can't say enough about his defending in the penalty box, um, his ball security. Everything's been, been really good. So we're really happy for him. And tomorrow, hopefully, he has a great game. Now, Dest is one player that it's a safe bet he will be in the starting lineup. And let, let's talk a little bit about the U.S. lineup for this match. And how many changes can we expect? Can we ex- do we expect any changes? Uh, when you talk about the fact that nine players on this U.S. team have started all three group stage matches and you wonder how many of those nine will make it four straight starts, four starts in 13 days. That's a lot. Right. But you know what? They've looked good. They look as much as yes, they did tire as a group against Iran. You saw it in the second half. They did start to tire. So you wonder where they are in terms of their fitness levels. Is, are there going to have to be some changes? And obviously, you have Brendan Aronson there. You have Gio Reyna, as we all know, there, who hasn't played many. He's played seven minutes in this World Cup. So if you're Berhalter, you have, you have to look at this and decide, okay, do we stick with the same group that we've had? Or do we start to inject some of these players who have not had as many minutes, but who have the quality to, to keep the U.S. on the level that they've been on. And that's going to be the question. So, you know, Matt Turner is going to start in goal again. He's been great. There's no reason to make a change. The back line. Anthony Robinson and Serginho Dest have both been great. They are your fullbacks if they're healthy. You did notice uh, post-game after the Iran match that Anthony Robinson was icing his left foot. You kind of wonder what's going on there. Is he okay? Is there an issue there? Hopefully it's fine. We haven't heard anything to the contrary. So you got to think Dest, Robinson, they should start. Center back's a big question because Cameron Carter-Vickers stepped into the lineup and was great. 
against Iran. And now you look at it and you say, wait a minute. So should you stick with him or you should or should you go back to Walker Zimmerman? And obviously the Dutch with their attack and the options that they can put up top between Cody Gakpo, who's been unbelievable for them, or Memphis Depay, who obviously is very dangerous and very skillful. You have Bergwijn as well. So they, they have options and you have to wonder uh, what's the what's the best parent? And you kind of feel like Tim Ream should absolutely stay in the lineup because of how how good he's been right he's he's been solid every single game he's been uh, not more than solid he's been outstanding so do you stick with him and do you stick with carter vickers or do you plug in zimmerman and that and that's that's for me that's a tough one um i really think carter vickers uh in terms of a matchup in terms of the type types of forwards that the netherlands has i think carter vickers is a better matchup i think he's a better fit to go up against the dutch attackers than Walker Zimmerman. And you could argue that there's a case to be made for Ream not being the best matchup for those guys. But I'm sorry, Tim Ream has played too well. How do you take him out? Unless there's some physical issue, he should stay in. He is so important in terms of his positioning, his poise, his quality on the ball. You got to keep him in there. And I tell you what, him and Carter Vickers, I think that's the pairing. And as much as Zimmerman was great coming off the bench and was vital for whole, for protecting that 1-0 lead against Iran with all the plays that he made down the stretch, the clearing the ball off the line, the winning the 50 headers that he won, he was great. You give him the credit. But in this matchup, I, I feel like Carter Vickers is your guy. So Carter Vickers and Reem, that should be the pairing. We'll see if it is. But hey, if it's Zimmerman, you, you know what? He, he, might, uh, he might have a response after... Uh, being benched and maybe he's motivated so we'll see what happens there the midfield I mean it's the mid the U.S. midfield has been one of the best midfields in this tournament and I know some people say ah I mean you're being a little hyperbolic there no I'm sorry this the Musa Adams McKinney midfield has been excellent and obviously Tyler Adams for me he's been a best 11 level midfielder I mean if you talk about group stage best 11 he's in there um, I mean, there's obviously other midfielders as well. I mean, whether it's Casemiro or Frank de Young, I mean, there's been some excellent midfield play in this World Cup. But for me, Tyler Adams, I find a way to get him on a best 11. He's going to start. Eunice Moose is going to start. Weston McKinney is a bit of a question mark, right? Because you've seen him come out of these matches somewhat early in the second half each match. And that's obviously because of his fitness levels not being 100%, uh, you know, coming off the injury, not, not, not playing as much coming into the tournament. So this isn't a surprise. But you have to ask yourself, can you push it for a fourth straight start in 13 days for a player who clearly is not 100% in terms of his fitness levels or is now the time to go with a Brendan Aronson? And that's a that's a tough one. Again, this is what Greg Berhalter gets paid the big bucks to do and make the decisions on. And this is not an easy one because, you know, Brendan Aronson is a quality player. But Weston McKinney is such a difference maker. He's such a, a unique player, gives you something so unique in the attack. And you can point to the fact that, you know, there's been games where when he comes out of the match, it, things change for the U.S. They play worse. Um, and you can argue, well, maybe that's not as much is it necessarily about McKinney or is it or is it more about the the other players but McKinney if he can go he has to stay in the lineup for me if he's if there's no issues physically you keep him in you keep him in the starting lineup play him 50 to 60 minutes if that's what he can give you and then you bring in Aronson for the 30 minutes after that so I think that that's been the formula and that should stay the formula as far as the front three there's some question marks there Christian Pulisic you like to think he's ready to go obviously we don't know physically where he's at what kind of pain he's dealing with 
has have his fitness levels been affected by his you know how much he's been able to train we don't know we don't know how much he's been able to train if he's been limited or or if he's been resting the injury so he would be ready on saturday he's starting though for me he's starting if he's available he's starting that that's i don't see how if he's available you have him on the bench i think he starts so that's one but the other two positions are a little more of a question mark um you talk about josh Sargent potentially being injured so if you don't have Sargent, do you go with Haji Wright off of what was for me a subpar performance off the bench against Iran. No, I, I don't know how any other way to say it. I thought he could have been much better in that appearance. But more importantly than that, I think he's a terrible matchup against the Netherlands and Virgil van Dijk. I just I just don't see him being a good matchup physically. He, you know, it, with with Wright's physicality, he can get the edge on most defenders. Definitely in the Turkish league, he's going to be able to do that. He's not doing that against Virgil van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk is a wall, right? So you definitely have a case to be made for going with a quicker more dynamic player like jesus ferreira and i know jesus ferreira has not played yet so is this the time for him to, sh- to, to step on the field and make an impact and show some of the qualities that had him at one point being the starting striker for great berhalter so i think for me that i think he's a better matchup and as much as yes i know some people will say wait a minute why can't we just put tim Weah at striker and put Rain in the lineup that's been We've beaten that to death for for two weeks now, and Greg Berhalter is sticking with his strikers. So if he's sticking with his strikers, it's Ferreira or Haji Wright if you can't go Sargent. If Sargent's healthy, I think Sargent starts because I thought he played very well against Iran. He set up Tim Way on multiple occasions. He played very well. And on another day, he might have had an assist or two. And so if he's healthy, I think he's the guy, but I think there's a case to be made for Jesus Ferreira in the lineup for his 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 ability to combine his mobility uh his elusiveness i think he can cause some problems for a virgil van dyke and look that dutch defense is very good you're talking about aki uh you're talking jurian timber the young center back who's excellent i mean there's a reason delict from bayern munich is on the bench for the dutch team and it's because of jurian timber the young the young center back so the dutch they have quality along the back line and you, you're going to need something a little different. So I think this could be the match for Jesus Ferreira. We'll see what happens. We'll see if that's what they, what they go with. But for me, the big question, Gio Reyna, is this the game for Gio Reyna? Tim Way has been great. Tim Way has done very well. He's put in a ton of work. And I don't, I, I have, you have to wonder, is he hitting a wall, a bit of a wall? He wasn't as sharp in the, in the match against Iran. He wasted some clear chances there. Obviously, he came within inches of an offside call of a goal of scoring his second goal. And if you're Greg Borhalter, you're looking at how he's playing. You say, you know what? How do I take him out of the lineup? That's that's the tough part, right? But if 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 he's having issues physically, I mean, there's clearly a case to be made for taking him out and putting in Gio Reyna. Now, Gio Reyna has been become one of the subplots and storylines of the tournament because of the fact he hasn't been playing much. And you have to ask yourself, is this the game where we see Giorena make an impact? And I know some people are starting to wonder, it, it, will we see him at all? Is is it is there truth to the rumors that he's in the doghouse? There's issues between Burr and Reyna. We all know about the Eric Winalda uh, rumor that he put out there that Burr uh, told Giorena to lie about an injury. And obviously, Winalda's walked that back now and conveniently has kind of tried to get people to forget about it because clearly the, the, at this point, it looks like there was nothing to that, which... It colored me surprised, I, not surprised at all about that. But Giorena 
we all watched him after the Iran match. We saw the videos of the team celebrating, the team arriving at the hotel, and then you see Gio Reyna looking completely dejected, completely shattered. Like he, it was like the origin stories of a villain movie, right? Like this is where he turns and becomes, you know, the the, the Joker or something, right? But you know, you saw pictures of him on Thursday. He looked happy. He the smiles back. He's gotten over it. He understands there's still a tournament to play. There's still opportunities there. And Greg Berhalter was asked about Reina on Friday, the day before the match. And, and he made it clear that, look, you know, part of it is 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 that it comes down to the way the get matches have played out. But he still has a role to play and he could very much still make an impact for this team. Now, in terms of matchups to watch in this match, there's some very good matchups, and, and I broke it down in a video you can watch on SBI, but you know what? I'll cover it here as well. Obviously, Christian Pulisic against Denzel Dumfries, that's going to be a great one because, look, Dumfries is one of the better wingbacks slash fullbacks in, in the world, and him and Pulisic, that matchup, Absolutely first-class matchup. Pulisic, Pulisic's been excellent. He obviously, we saw against England how, how how much of an impact he had going up against a very good England team. He gets up for these matchups. He gets up for these challenges, and Dumfries is another big challenge for him. You want to see how he does. And look, he's not alone. Anthony Robinson's on that side of the field also, and Anthony Robinson's been excellent this World Cup. So I think that matchup of Pulisic and Robinson on that side of the field is huge. The U.S. has to take advantage of that. And you know Denzel Dumfries likes to get forward and get into the attack. You have to attack the spaces behind him. That's going to be a big key in this match. Uh, another matchup, obviously, is in the midfield. Frankie de Jong has been one of the best players in this World Cup. And he is. He's one of the better midfielders in the world. And he he's going to be tough to deal with. And for me, Yunus Musa, I think, is going to be the player that ends up matched up with him the most. I think those two are going to do battle. You could also see Adams and de Jong as well. I think that could be an interesting one. De Young likes to sit a bit deeper and kind of orchestrate from the from deep in midfield. So I think that's a little more in the Eunice Musa area. Whoever it is, the U.S. midfield has to deal with De Young and not let him just pull the strings. That's going to be the key in that. And they have not faced a midfielder of that level. No offense to Jude Bellingham. No offense to Declan Rice, Mason Mount. Frankie De Young is a different class. And Frankie De Young has been excellent in this World Cup. So the U.S. is really going to have to deal with him. He's a handful. And he's not alone. They have other midfielders as well. Coop Miners is obviously places in Serie A. He's an excellent midfielder as well. They have other quality players. But De Jong is the key to that Dutch midfield. Another matchup that when you hear it, it sounds like it's not a great one for the U.S. is Cody Gakpo against potentially Tim Ream. Now, obviously, it could be Tim Ream. It could be Cameron Carter-Vickers. It could be Walker Zimmerman. Whoever it is, Cody Gakpo is a handful. He is dynamic. He is dangerous. He can finish. He, he He's just, you know, he's obviously been one of the better players in this World Cup. And... But Tim Ream has been excellent as well. I know, I mean, if I had told you a few months back that that would be the matchup, the U.S. US needs that matchup to win a knockout round game, you would think you're crazy. There's no chance. He has no shot to stop Cody Gakpo. But listen, Tim Ream's been great in this World Cup. He's really, really, really stepped this game up. So I think he'll he's up for this challenge. And he's going to have to be. The U.S. need him to be because Gakpo is that big of a player for the Dutch attack. If Ream can contain him, that brings the U.S. that much closer 
to pulling the upset. And by all means, this would be an upset. The Dutch are the favorites. It's clear as day. Doesn't mean the U.S. can't beat them, but they need to win more of these matchups than they lose. And I said that in the video, and I say it again. If they win these key matchups, they win this game. And another matchup that you're going to watch, Serginho Dest, Daily Blind. Daily Blind is not the quickest anymore. He's obviously an older player, but he's super intelligent, very good positioning, skill player. He's he's a veteran. He's he's a veteran. And Serginho Dest knows that Daily Blind. He's going to look for the opportunities to really go at him. And Dest has been in such good form. You'd like to think he's going to continue it. He's going to be up for this match against the Dutch. And that matchup is another one. The U.S. has they have to capitalize on if they're going to pull the upset. Now, the round of 16 has been finalized. It was finalized on Friday. The final spots in the round of 16 are now set. Here are the round of 16 matchups. As you know, Netherlands and USA, that's the first match. Argentina, Australia, I'm still color. I'm shocked Australia got to the knockout rounds. I'll be the first to admit it. Yes, I'm a little bitter as a Peru fan at the fact that we didn't beat Australia when we had the chance, but credit to Australia, they got it done. But you, you have to think Argentina is going to handle that, right? Argentina is going to take care of them. Japan, Croatia. How about Japan uh, beating Spain and Germany to win their group? I mean, that's credit to the Japanese. I mean, you know, I know people gave the U.S. and Berhalter a lot of crap when they lost to Japan in the friendly, but they're a good team. So, and, and we've seen that now they go up against the Croatia side that we know has that experience. Uh, you have Brazil, South Korea. Uh, credit to South Korea for e- squeak, you know, squeaking their way into the knockout rounds. But Brazil is a juggernaut. They're not going to be able to handle Brazil. England, Senegal, that's an interesting one. If only Mane were healthy. If only Mane were healthy, you'd like Senegal's chances to cause some problems. But I think you have to like England's chances there. France, Poland, France is going to, you have to think France is going to run away with that one. Although Wojciech Chesney is playing out of his mind. So maybe he could pull a miracle off. I doubt it. You have to go with the French there. Morocco, Spain. Morocco's been unbelievable. Morocco has played very well. And as much as Spain are the favorites in this one, don't sleep on Morocco. The way they've been playing, you have to think they have a real chance of, of, of beating Spain and pulling off the upset. I'm going to go Spain, but that's going to be one of, for me, one of the better matches of the round of 16. Last but not least, Portugal and Switzerland. Switzerland got in now, the last team to get in. But Portugal, they, they just have too many weapons. You have to like the Portuguese to, not, to finish that one off and complete the quarterfinal setup. So... That's it. Oh, you know what? I didn't make my prediction on the U.S.-Netherlands game. Uh, Unfortunately, I have to go with the Netherlands in this one. Not to say the U.S. can't win. The U.S. can absolutely win. I think they can win. It's just going to be tough. They they are going to have to play great. The Dutch are going to have to have an off day. And then it can happen. But Louis van Gaal is is just such a good manager. He is going to lay out the right game plan. He's going to make the right adjustments. And I think they're going to win. Now. If the U.S. finds a way to win this match, can we finally give Greg Berhalter some credit? That Because you're not going to accidentally beat the Dutch. You're not going to have a coach uh, give put a bad game plan out that's going to lead you to beating the Dutch. If they beat the Dutch, it's time to give Berhalter his credit, but he has to get it done first. We'll see if he gets it done. It's going to be a great match. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. It should be a fun one. 10 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday morning, so you're going to be watching it with your breakfast. It'll be 6 p.m. here in Qatar. And uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. But I think that wraps it up for this episode of the SBI show. We'll be back. Uh, I'm looking to have an episode right after the match. And I know I've said this before. I always try to want to have an episode immediately after. But the U.S. has played late games every single game in the World Cup. 10 p.m. local time. So you're talking about match ends at midnight. 
we're spending an hour with our interviews and the press conferences and what have you. We're getting back at like 2, 3 a.m. here. I know you don't care, but the point is it get, it's really tough to get an episode out the same night. This time around, earlier match, so maybe we can get the episode out the same night. That's what I'm shooting for. Hopefully, we can make it happen. One way or the other, you will get the post-match episode. You will get the breakdown We'll cover it all, the entire round of 16 breakdown. I'll bring you the interviews, and I'll make sure to upload the right version of the episode so you can hear from all the U.S. players and Burhalter after the match. And hopefully we're talking about a win, and we're talking about a quarterfinal matchup with Argentina. Imagine that. That's the dream. First things first, though, they have to beat the Dutch. We'll see if they can get it done. But that's it for now. I'm Ivis Kolarsep. This is... The SBI Show.